Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Dimitri Paulus. So first, let me thank you, Dimitri, for joining us yeah, and sharing thanks. your story sure. and all of your life experiences. So I'm really excited to talk <laughs> well, to you. Some of them anyway. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> as many as you want to share. Okay. The floor is yours, sir. <laughs> I'll try to keep it clean. Uh, you don't have to. This is not, you know, I, I never said this. Was uh, you shouldn't children. have told me that. <laughs> well, you've been around me long enough to know how I love curse words, so uh-huh. there is no judgment coming from this side. Right on. Uh, yeah, so I would love, um, I re- you're a fellow entrepreneur, you've been an entrepreneur longer than I have, so I always look to you as somebody that's like, I'm like, yeah, he's out there, he's doing it, he's living his dream. <laughs> so I want to know, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, like, how kind of what what your life was like where are you from and and how you came from going up to creating this amazing line of seasonings yeah 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 thanks yeah it's been uh it's been pretty cool um i uh, was always kind of a creative kid um I always had little ideas. One of my first ideas was, a, you know, a, like a, a basic comb. My hair comb is straight, but our heads are curved. So I had this idea for a curved comb. And uh, I told my parents about it. And sure enough, we were shopping one day and my mom kind of nudged me. And there were curved combs for sale at the check stand. So I kind of had this little spark to kind of come up with creative ideas and different solutions and things. And you know, I always did okay in school, but I, my creative mind was, you know, why do I have to take block English and math courses? How come I can't learn mm-hmm. how to do all this other cool stuff that, you know, we can do? We don't have to, you know, get job training, uh, you know, be trained to be an employee. We, there's a lot of creative ways to, to, to go about life. And so, um, you know, I did okay in school, but I never really applied myself. I even tried a few different uh, colleges and things to try and you know, see what might make itself, uh, you know, seem appealing. And um, I just always had this creative bent and um, wanted to do my own thing. And I had other little, you know, inventions and ideas that I'd scratch on pieces of paper. And I just kind of always had this doorway open to try and look for. And I just really had fun coming up with creative solutions. And um, so, uh, you know, I never finished college. Um, I, um, uh, you know, after three years of going to different colleges and changing my degree and deferring electrical engineering uh, in 1982, I probably should have stuck with that uh, uh, computer uh, <laughs> stuff. Yeah. There. But, um, you know, I did restaurant management and general business. And after three years of school, I, I, I barely finished with a two year degree. Um, but, uh, I started out, you know, after that, just said, you know, I'm going to take some time off and try to find myself, um, been in restaurants all my life. Um, and, you know, I did everything from being a bus boy to, you know, scraping dough crumbs off the floor at a bakery, the neighborhood bakery. And, uh, mm-hmm. that first summer I, I was old enough to, to start working. I, um, I had three restaurant jobs and, uh, just, um, wow. yeah, so it was kind of That's was, so ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted a stereo and I eventually got one, you know, I got a nice high five <sighs> with some speakers and a turntable and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to get the fancy toys without a little bit of scratch. So, uh, uh my motivation you know, was a driver's license cause I had to pay half. Uh-huh. Of <laughs> that was oh. my parents' role. 
Uh-huh. So, yeah, uh-huh. I, I took a glamorous position as taco slinger at Poncho's uh-huh. Mexican Buffet. Right on. Uber sexy, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's great stuff. I I'm love sure it. It was though. fun, though. Job. Yeah. It was, it was okay. Then I went um, on to work at Chess King in the mall. I mean, 90s, you know, Chess King was the store. Okay. Um, yeah, but no, I love three jobs. You stopped me dead in my tracks. I'm like, whoa. That's really <laughs> ambitious for age 16. That's all I did, man. I was, you know, mow lawns and I was a busboy at one place. Another one down the street on the weekends, I would wash dishes. And then, um, you know, I, I'd work at the bakery and stuff. And um, it was it was fun. It was kind of fun for me to fun way for me to spend my time. I didn't do anything else. Yeah. Um, you didn't and, have you know, time we, to get into trouble. Yeah. So it was <laughs> it was it was good fun. Well, I, awesome. I managed to find enough time to get into trouble, of course. I, that's another uh, uh, requirement of the job of being a teenager is uh, uh, mayhem. Oh, so, well, yeah. Never Especially too far in the away. days before social media. <laughs> yeah. We could actually make mistakes and learn from them without the world seeing them first. <laughs> right. Yeah, there was, there was no oh, instructions. You couldn't look up the, you know, how to or not to. It was just like, I think yeah. I'm going to try this. And, and usually there's a lesson at the end. But uh, yeah. Well, I love that you've always just kind of followed your your passion, your interest. I mean, so yeah. many folks, like, they just, this is what I do. I, I finish high school. I go to college. I get a job. I get married. And they have this yeah. complete timeline. And it's, it's a one-size-fits-all timeline, but it doesn't necessarily fit all sizes. Right. And it doesn't make sense. So I really am interested to learn from those around me in my circle that have taken um, a departure from right. the predicted path, you know? And yeah. it's I didn't do that. I did yeah. exactly what I was told to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm you super know, boring. It, yeah, and more often than not, I'm, you know, I'm sure we all have friends and things uh, that, that did go through and graduate and have a certain degree and end up in jobs that have nothing to do with what they went to school for, so... It's yeah. all, um, it's all, uh, it's, it, it's fun how people find whatever, uh, you know, starts to appeal to them later and how they find new ways to navigate and get stuff done and have fun and make money and meet yeah. people and all that good stuff. Yeah, totally. I'm definitely not doing what I went to school for. What did you go to school <laughs> for? Uh, I was a journalism major. I really, really wanted to be a videographer for like okay. CNN. Like, I right. wanted to go to war zones and take all the pictures. Oh, wow. And then I realized I'm terrible at photography without the help <laughs> of an iPhone and a filter. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah, it just didn't work out. And I still love being a journalist. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just didn't work out. And that's totally okay. This isn't yeah. what I had pictured. But it's way better yeah. than what I had pictured. So yeah, I'm you're... good. Yeah, you're in the booze biz, people having fun and having going out and having cocktails and, you know, all the all the things that go along with that. I've seen you at plenty of trade shows and, you know, what a fun environment, you know, the, the, oh, yeah. the responsibility of everybody there is to have, find ways to help people have fun. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And that's the beautiful thing about our business is yeah. that one, we're we're very social beings. So we all mm-hmm. get along really well together. But two, we kind of live this life that's similar to other people's vacations or their big <laughs> nights out. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, how many times have you gone to a restaurant and with a small group of like five or six people and dropped thousands of dollars? And you're like, oh my God, this is not real life for so many people. 
and this is literally how I'm earning my living tonight is entertaining folks. So it's, it's yeah. just, so when you have that perspective, I think it makes you a little bit more grateful for your trajectory and your experiences for sure. Yeah. 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 So fun. how did you, how did you being a serial inventor and entrepreneur, <laughs> yeah. how did you land on Dimitri's? Well, it was during that hiatus when I kind of took some time off from school, you know, changing degrees in, in different parts of the state. And, and uh, um, I just, you know, said, I'm going to take a little bit of time off here. This is expensive. I'm, I'm not really applying myself to any one thing. I'm just kind of getting by in my classes. It wasn't really dedicated. And I decided, you know, if I, I want to do this all or nothing and I'm not all right now. So let's try nothing. <laughs> and uh, so I just took some time off to try and, you know, figure out what I wanted to do. Of course, I naturally gravitated towards restaurants again, uh, waited some tables, uh, and eventually found a bartending gig and uh, um, really enjoyed it. Uh, it was, uh, you know, waiting tables is just, I, I think it's a really immensely difficult to do it well and do it properly. Um, you know, it's being a chameleon from table to table, remembering the fork and going into the section and uh, all the, it's, you know, you, you've got all the tables in your section kind of on your plate at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, bartending, when I went there, uh, it was very much, uh, um, I was received differently at the tables. It was very much a demand on me to mm-hmm. provide for them. But when I was behind the bar, it was kind of my space and the people yeah. would come up to me. So that was a difference I really enjoyed. And um, I, I just love the mechanics of being behind the bar and uh, um, the social aspect of it. I kind of direct what's happening in the bar with, you know, who I talk to and, you know, telling jokes. And so it's kind of a, again, it's kind of was my space or the bartender's space to really drive, you know, the engagement with the customers and um, mm-hmm. really had a great time doing that. And um, uh, originally was uh, trained at a, a steak and seafood place and, um you know, really high standards. It was a lot of fun to work there. Everybody was really well trained. Um, the quality of the product was top notch. Um, and eventually kind of had my run there about three and a half years. And I thought I'd try something different and worked at a very disorganized. Um, <laughs> kind of, we uh, all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Told, uh, you know, just a, a, a beautiful train wreck of a place. I mean, all sorts of just really interesting characters that worked there. Um, you know, it was a, it was a nightclub. Uh, you know, I've seen everybody from Les McCann to Stanley Turrentine, Dizzy Gillespie. I mean, it was a really fun club, very cool. but very funky. And um, they, you know, I remember one time I proposed the idea of a meeting and the owner looked at me and he goes, we don't have meetings around here. All I do is cause problems. And I went, I said, okay. So everybody was very much left to do whatever they wanted to and however they saw fit to handle their tables or serve their drinks. And it was, again, kind of, you know, more train wreck than beauty at that point. And so um, having been classically trained and and having a lot of really uh, high-end experiences, um, one of the things that I thought was really important uh, I'm, I'm a, along with everything and all the cocktails, but one thing that really stuck out was the Bloody Marys. And I insisted that we make a scratch Bloody Mary because the, the mixes at the time were not great. There weren't very many options. Uh, the 90s? But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> late 80s, actually. Yeah. I, oh, uh, even yeah. worse. Yeah, there weren't very many options. So, you know, making no. them from hand, but managing the recipe was 
you know, again, working in a disorganized place, trying to get all the bartenders to follow the recipe was just Mm -hmm. not going to happen. So they said, well, you care about Bloody Marys, you, you make them. So I make batches. They would, if I made too much, it would spoil. I didn't make enough. We'd run out. I remember 86 and Bloody Marys before a football game. You you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. I had customers that were, you know, three and four deep at the bar, all screaming for drinks. And it wasn't who's next. I would literally grab a case of long neck beers out of the cooler and say, you know, who wants a beer? And they'd stick their hands out, right? Two bucks, two bucks, two bucks. And, you know, who wants, I'd, I'd make 15 screwdrivers and I'd just auction these drinks off to try and thin the crowd out a little bit. And That's we ran out of Bloody Mary mix. Um, uh, uh, there was no way I was stopping to go back in the kitchen and make up a batch of this, you know, cauldron of Bloody yeah. Mary mix. And I said, we, we got to do something. I'm not going back to a pre-mix. Let's, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, because a lot of restaurants, so they'll pre-batch or, or pre-cook or par-bake things that are just ready. So all I have to do is just be finished and served. And so I, I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm taking my scratch recipe. I'm going to put it in all the ingredients together so that you guys don't have to measure all the ingredients separately. You can grab my, my mix, my secret sauce and add all the ingredients to the tomato juice in one step. You can make one drink if we're slow. We can make 10 gallons if we're busy and, you know, just really worked a year, year and a half on just playing with the re- different recipes and talking to the customers, finding out what they liked. And, and um, pretty soon neighborhood bartenders saw me kind of, they called it my cheater sauce because they, they said that I was cheating. And so uh, I would, um, yeah, so was really cheater sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started selling to my buddies in the neighborhood in Pioneer Square, you know, down by the stadiums, there's Jeez, there's neck bars are neck, next door to each other, just bar after bar. Um, and uh, so um, I started making it for my buddies. And then I thought, well, geez, you know, it seems to be working out for me. Let me, you know, being Greek, there's no shortage of Greeks in the restaurant business. So I took a few bottles to some family members and friends. And, um, you know, they said, hey, man, this it tastes great. It, my staff loves it because it's super easy. Um, and you know, this is working out great for us. We'll take another case. And so that was it. I bought a roll of labels and I drove around in my powder white 66 Valiant and, uh, (laughs) yeah, just, uh, you know, I, I'd loaded up my beater and I walked around town and dropped off deliveries and, and kind of little by little picked up my first distributor. And, you know, last year we had our 30 year anniversary, if you can believe it. Uh, That's so awesome. Yeah, I applaud 20. you. Sorry. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I, and, you know, when I was 25 and bartending, I thought, hey, if this doesn't work out, I can always go back to bartending. I knew I'd end up in the restaurant business at some point. You know, I'd own my own place or own my own bar. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of still in the cards. Who knows what's going to happen? I still romantically love the idea of being a, mm-hmm. uh, a bar owner, restaurant owner. And then I really think about it. And I, I, I think twice. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, a lot of work, it- man. You know, yeah, when I when I glamorize the option of going back behind the bar, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to necessarily own a joint. That's mm-hmm. probably more uh, more than I'm willing to take on. But I could bartend again. I, I loved it. And you're right. right. I think what you said about the difference between being a server and being a bartender, I think that a lot of people in our industry can relate to that because mm-hmm. I especially as a short female I noticed a significant difference in the respect level I was given when I moved from waiting the table to manning the bar. And it was a completely different approach from the customer. For me, 
it went from people snapping their fingers fingers at me when I was a server, a table server, yeah. to a guy walked up to the bar and he goes, "Excuse me, when you have a moment, please." I went, "Yeah." Oh my god, that, that was that. This <laughs> kind of sounded like respect. It was really cool. I was like, "Yeah, I'll be right with you," you know. And yeah. that was it. That was it for me. And uh, and um, I I never ran the bar like this is my space. We're going to do it my way. But it's yeah. just that it was. Um, such a great opportunity to kind of uh, interact in a different way where um, instead of me figuring out what the customer wanted at the table, I kind of basically created an environment that was naturally who I was and mm -hmm. just ran with that. So I really felt like yeah. I was able to be myself as a bartender, whereas when I was table waiting tables, I kind of had to figure out who they wanted me to be. Yeah, the level of ass kissing drops significantly. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, I was trying <laughs> to be I nice never, about it, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's the truth of it. I mean, yeah. I felt like I was always oh. kissing someone's ass right. when I was a server, and then when yeah, I was man. a bartender, people respected me, and they no longer snapped right. at me. And, right. You know. Yeah. Treated me like I was garbage, and yeah. I like once I started bartending, I was like, yeah, I'm not going back. Yeah. I'm not standing on the other side of this service well again. <laughs> the, the, the one thing that that was that was uh, different was that um, I never had my life threatened by a customer as a table server, but oh. cutting people off as a bartender. <gasps> yeah, I worked in a, yeah, I worked in a really rowdy part of town, and it was like, um, you know, it was back in the day when they had when Fat Tuesday the Fat Tuesday parties first started being organized in Pioneer Square. I think it was the second year they did this. I mean, it was like, you know, there was no other neighborhoods really happening. So this is the one neighborhood where people would go drink at joint cover. You pay 20 bucks or you, mm -hmm. and you get a bracelet and you go into all the clubs and you just go bar hopping to bar hopping. They're all kind of, again, like I was saying, next door to each other. The mm -hmm. second year of the Fat Tuesday party, there was it's a historical fact that um, people were having sex in the middle of the street. Oh my! How so fun! This is this is kind of how rowdy it was. Now, it wasn't that bad when I was there, but there was still, you know, there was a really sketchy element um, around in and around Pioneer Square between, you know, car robberies and it was very colorful, and um, you know the cops that would have to come through, you know. And the stuff that goes along with that environment, you know, the, the violence, the, the sex, the drugs, the rock and roll. Um, yeah. And um, uh, yeah, I remember a couple of times I'd cut people off and, you know, they tried to jump over the bar at me. And I'm thinking, you're a big SOB, but I tell you what, I've got clubs and glass bottles and knives. And you, as soon as you come over that bar... Um, you know, I'm not going to go lightly and, yeah. you know, people would, you know, drag these people back and you know, I'm going to come back at two o'clock when you get off work. I know where you work. I uh, never would, but yeah, yeah, I had my car broken into, I had my life threatened. Uh, I, I actually went gun shopping one day because I wow, didn't want to be a victim of a mugging, right? I was yeah. like, well, if you're going to come at me, then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to protect myself too, but I didn't want to walk around with my hand in my pocket on a loaded gun everywhere I went Pioneer Square you know I just um, yeah. you know, it's not like I'm going to keep it in my backpack I had to walk around with it with me right yeah and totally. I um 
I just, um, I couldn't make that reality work in my brain. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to have to be smart and change your clothes, move your car. Don't look like a restaurant guy getting out of work at three 30 in the morning, you know, when they know that um, your pocket is full of cash. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Walk with a friend, all that right. kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, man, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. It, it really was. Yeah. I had a great time. Well, and actually, I, even after I go ahead. Sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say that, you know, even after I started my business and quit my job, I, I went back a couple nights a week every now and then just to, for the fun of it, to be around people and make some money. And uh, it was, you know, even though it was very colorful and, and sometimes kind of sketchy, uh, it was uh, it was a rich experience and it was a, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing it. I went back a couple of times just to just to go back for more punishment, yeah. you know, glutton for punishment. But well, it, was, it was great times. And you learn a lot about yourself, too. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to cut people off very often but when I did my personality would change my face would change because all of a sudden I wasn't ah bartender uh I was serious and then all of a sudden it was business version of Christy and nobody really sees that side of me very often but I'd be like Uh I'm sorry I, I I'm not serving you anymore and if you have a problem with it you see that big guy over at the door that looks like he could break this entire bar into right you can take it up with him <laughs> if you don't like carrying it from me. And yeah. literally, this guy was known for whenever something went down sideways in the bar, he could hurdle the bar. And he was he was like a, like a five foot eight bear. He was very <laughs> muscular. And that's the guy you want. Very limber. I mean, he literally leapt over that bar more than once because like something mm-hmm. was going down or something and he would like jump behind the bar to protect the, the female bartenders. He wasn't really yeah. worried about the male bartenders if they couldn't protect yeah. themselves. That, that wasn't his concern. Um, but it was crazy. <laughs> and I had my car keyed and stuff like that, but I was always nervous about all leaving late at night, especially I'd get out of work mm-hmm. at like three in the morning and you're walking right. to your car with its tips and you're just nervous. My first date with my husband, I told him, as we're walking to, I think we, we went from a bar to see a movie, and I had all my tips in my pocket. And I'm like, just so you know, I'm going to make a deposit at the ATM with my tips because I got to pay my rent. But my roommate knows your face, and she knows where we're going and where we've been. So if for some reason mm-hmm. these tips don't make it into my bank account, we'll know how to find you. <laughs> <laughs> And that was, you know, that was the bartender uh-huh. survival mode that I was in right. in the 90s, which is yeah. super romantic. And the man still married. <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, I, I think what that resonates with me, your experiences, because mine were so similar, even though obviously, you know, different environments and everything. But very yeah. cool. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh, I'm loving I'm loving learning all of this about you. So, um <laughs> Okay, so I usually ask, like, where did you find your inspiration? But you've kind of already touched on that. So I'm going to ask you then if it, it seems like you're living your best life. You're doing exactly what you'd want to do. Is there anything else that you picture yourself doing for a living at this point besides going back to bartending? Um. Yeah, I mean, there, I still have little ideas. I've actually got a few of them that I've, I've kind of started on the side, um, you know, all sorts of little things. But one is a website of all things. One is a little kitchen gadget. Um, and then there's always that 
you know, the, that, that idea, I drive past a for lease sign and I, you know, my imagination goes right into, God, I wonder what kind of a restaurant or a bar we could put in there. Uh-huh. You know, my neighborhood's really, it's, it's a pretty quiet neighborhood I live in. There's not a lot of options. There's just a few restaurants and I've lived there for nine years and there's only three or four restaurants to choose from. They get kind of played out. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I see an opportunity for something else, another food option or a bar mm-hmm. or restaurant option. So every time I drive around, I see a for lease sign. Um, my imagination goes into top gear thinking, oh, what could we do there? Would that be, you know, uh, a bar, a restaurant? So I guess, yeah, at some point I wouldn't be surprised if I had some kind of a food service public place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if it would be like super casual. I've had everything, ideas from like a walk-up Greek restaurant where you get like, you know, nice grilled souvlaki and, mm. and gyros and all sorts of, you know, Middle Eastern Mediterranean things. And you can, you know, healthy salads and all that kind of stuff to an actual full sit down lounge where there's, you know, it's a cocktail lounge where there's food and that kind of stuff. So uh, who knows what that'll end up. Maybe it'll just end up being a, a pipe dream because I know how much work it is. I, you know, and running a staff and, you know, I've always worked front of the house. And so that's the big deterrent for me is that I've never run the back of the house. Right. So the, the books and the paperwork, I'd have to partner with somebody that, you know, could help me through that or just start simple, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I'm sure I could figure it out if I, I put my, put my salt on it, you know, I'm pretty sure you and could. put some effort into it, you yeah. know? Um, but um, yeah, I think about that other little businesses, um, you know, uh, I, I think about taking some time off to spend more time with my kids. Yeah. Um, uh, luckily I've got a great crew and if I need to go take Santa pictures, they totally back me up and uh, they're really supportive of, you know, the crew I have right now, we support each other immensely. It's just, we really get things done when it's time to work we all chip in and when it's time for someone to take care of something personal or for us to go have fun, we go to football games together. We do, you know, lunches and things all the time. Um, and we really are a well-oiled machine. So That's um, awesome. I feel like I've kind of got some really nice, um, you know, I've been afforded the luxury of having some freedoms to spend time with my kids now if yeah. I need to. So um, we're all in a good place. The company's doing well. Um, you know, we're, you know, kind of doing a little bit of product development, but really just focusing on the tools we've already built, mm-hmm. um, reaching out to new restaurants and bars and, and uh, just having fun meeting people. And, you know, after 30 years of doing this, people say, God, 30 years, man, you got to be ready for something else. I'm like, you know what? I'm having as much fun, if not more yeah. now than when I started the business, because the, the bigger we get, the more opportunities we have. Um, and we, you know, we do business differently as we've grown little by little. Um, and, you know, it hasn't been any rocket ship, you know, cover of Inc. 500, mm-hmm. cover of Forbes magazine or anything. It's, it's we're still, uh, by all regards, a, a small company. Mm-hmm. But as, as we do grow incrementally, um, we do have other opportunities to partner with spirits companies, to do different marketing events, to uh, our visibility and our shares with social media. People are talking about us and sharing. And so it's, it's, it's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I love it. It's a blast. You know, I should ask you to send me some uh, some of your stuff for the Witty Conference because we drink a lot of Bloody Marys. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I might be able to. Might I might be, be able to arrange something. Yeah. Share me some samples. <laughs> you know how much I love. Oh, those green beans of yours. So something you may not have known. Yeah, I think I don't know if you knew this, but. Um, we, um, uh, now have, we've worked with a local distiller and, um, they are distilling a custom recipe for us. Uh, it's, 
a lot of bars will do infusions where they'll have mm-hmm. jars behind the bar with, you know, onions and, you know, spices and, and garlic and mm-hmm. chili peppers and all that. So they're making an infused vodka for us now. It's made actually with fresh rosemary and fresh thyme. Oh, God. Uh, roasted, roasted garlic, sun-dried tomatoes, black peppercorns. You're um, kidding me. No, it's, it's, it's killer and a Bloody Mary. Yeah, it's really, really tasty and a Bloody Mary for sure. Um, yeah, so, I'm gonna, I might be able to I'm gonna need get some, some of that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not wait until September. I'm going to need some soon. Um, when does this go live, this new product? Um, well, we've kind of just started releasing it now. We've got a, uh, a distribution agreement recently in the last, I think it's oh, it was about three months ago. Um, nice. Congratulations. So we now have uh, availability uh, through this distributor nationwide. And so now that there's the availability, it's up to us to kind of go out and sell it in oh my gosh well i'll tell all of my clients about it (laughs) okay yeah i'll send you Um, some minis yeah that would be great oh my gosh yeah we're gonna have to sidebar on this for sure because i i (laughs) love i love bloody mary's you know that every time i see you i take at least one if not a few more um so it is it is my my like favorite like little go-to any time of day drink it's not just my morning drink but um and you've you've seen our pepperoni straws yes yes yeah, those are those awesome. Uh, we have to sidebar yeah. on those too, by the way. Um, so I was going to ask you now, being in business for 30 years, your product speaks for itself. You just have an incredible lineup. So how long were you doing this as a solopreneur before you had a team? Like how long did it take you to get to the point of creating your dream team? Well, the first person that joined me was uh, the brother of a food broker. Now, I met this food broker just conversationally through friends and associates, all that, and he was going to rep my stuff. And he goes, I'm in Salt Lake City, but I have a brother that's in Seattle, and he's wicked smart, wicked smart. (laughs) So we ended up meeting, and he joined me, and we were rocking it together. Now, this person, uh, the full college education, really smart computers, economics, uh, you know, um, uh, all the things that, you know, financial management, all that kind of stuff. And I thought we were off to the races. And after about a year where I thought we were, we, I, I got another team. I got, you know, going from one person to two people, is like going from one to three because yes. you get so much more done, yes. right? Just the task and the chore work and then creatively the ideas and all that. And we were together for about a year and he was in the, you know, in the office 6am every morning. And, um, after about a year, his brother in Texas had, uh, an ISP company. It was, uh, you know, they did internet service. Mm-hmm. He was an internet service provider and the company was doing great guns. And he eventually made an offer to, uh, my partner at the time, uh, it was an offer. He, he, he could not refuse as they <laughs> yeah. say. And so he left and I was back to myself and I was like, oh shit, not only just me, but that was a huge asset loss because, you know, he was not just a buddy of mine helping me, you know, drink beer and tape boxes shut. He was somebody that really brought a lot of brain trust to the company, marketing, uh, enthusiasm, all that stuff. So that was a pretty dark time for me. Um, But so until before I, I hired Floyd, it was, I, I want to say about two years, a year or two, mm-hmm. 
um, by myself. And then Floyd was with me for a year and then I was back to myself. And then um, I, I found another friend of mine who um, helped me answer phones and process orders and wrap um, outbound orders and things like that. And uh, um, now we're at uh, five employees Nice. And um, we're uh, looking to hire three more. We actually have three more um, um, ads out oh for uh, two for salespeople. Oh, really? So we'll go from two to four salespeople and uh, a dedicated order department person. So, all right. Then. So, I'm yeah. I'll have to get you some it's names. Been fun. I'll get you some names for people. Do. Yeah. Yeah, by all means, for yeah. sure. Thank Definitely. you. Definitely. Well, if we're yeah. not helping each other, we're just pointless, right? Right. <laughs> really. Um, <laughs> This is this is just fantastic. I'm loving all of this. This like every every answer. I I love learning about your history because as long as I've known you, I've never known how long you've been doing this. I just know. Oh, there's my friend. Yeah. I just love this guy. I'm always happy to see him. You always have a great <laughs> smile on your face. You always hand me plenty of Bloody Mary, um, which makes me very happy. Right. Um, you bet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so any... I'm uh, there for you. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. So any regrets? Uh, anything you wish you could go back and change or something that you would do differently going forward based on your experiences in the past? Uh, I guess it would be to to reach out to other people for help more. Mm-hmm. I um, really... I reached out to people when I had a specific question or something, but it wasn't something I did regularly. I wasn't in regular contact and regularly engaged with people that have had experiences either with food or small businesses or startups or people that might know other people, just that, that, that bank of human trust. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I kind of just would, I, I would just suffer through it myself and I'd figure out whatever I needed to do. Uh, by myself. Whereas if, I think if I was in more of the flow of being in constant contact with um, people that had kind of been there, done mm-hmm. that, even if it's just for coffee or tea or conversationally or things, I, um, I think I probably could have used more social interaction with other people than I did when I started. I think I made it harder on myself than I needed yeah. to. I was kind of, you know, work hard because I didn't have the smarts. I didn't, I don't have a a, a Wharton MBA or any of that. I never finished college. I don't have an economics degree or a business degree. I didn't go to business school. Um, So it was definitely, uh, since I didn't have the smarts, I had to work hard. Um, I just think I could have worked smarter. Um, I think think a lot of people can relate to that. I know, especially for those of us that are type A's and especially for those of us that are type A entrepreneurs. I can definitely mm-hmm. relate to that. And it's, you, you, it's at times you look back and you're like, God, why was I on my own worst enemy? Like literally I was right. standing in my own way and I didn't right. realize it. Like, why didn't somebody in my circle be like, seriously, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> yeah. No one cares, but you're making it harder on yourself. I'm finally starting to learn uh-huh. to ask for help now in my forties. I'm finally admitting, Hey, I can't do it all. I got the same 24 hours that everybody else gets in their day. And it's, there's kind yeah. of that enlightenment that comes with it too. When you realize, Oh yeah, I can, I can uh-huh. ask my circle. Yeah. 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 That's a really good answer. Yes. I think, I think so many yeah. people can, ad- can admit to that too. Um, Cause I think with so many of us, it's, 
if you ask for help, you're admitting you don't know something. And when you're working really, really hard to build something, admitting to yourself that there's things you don't yet know can be a mm. scary proposition. Mm-hmm. You know? Interesting. That, yeah. I don't know. If I, if I ask for help, then that means by definition that I don't yes. know. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh my God, I can't, I can't reveal myself like right? that. I have, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to be directing all this stuff. Yeah. Well, it's funny because now I embrace the I don't know. Like if I don't know, sure. I just sure. admit it. Because oh, I worked yeah. with a woman totally. in Germany. And she was one of the Germans that worked in our office. And so it was half Germans mm-hmm. and half Americans. And I swear to God, that mm-hmm. woman knew everything. But she didn't. She was always wrong. She did not know the <laughs> words, I don't know. And this is a woman who had lived in America, spoke, spoke perfect English. She was as much American as she was German. But I swear to God, she had an answer for everything. And she was 90% of the time, she was completely off base with her answer. And I was like, you know what? Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so she taught me something. Just admit uh-huh. when the answer is, I don't know, right. feel free to throw that out there. It actually increases yeah. your credibility. I don't know, but I'll sure find yeah. out. Whoa. Right. Oh my God. Right. And then how many times have you, uh-huh. once you realize this, how many times have you caught yourself admitting, I don't know, but I'd like to, I'm going to figure it out. And then all of a sudden people right. are like, oh, thanks. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It makes it so easy. Right. Yeah. 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 So what would you want people to know about you? Total stranger walks up to you. What do you, what would you want them to know? Like, how are they going to like become your instant friend? Wow. (laughs) Instant friend. I like those. (laughs) I wish I had that skill. Yeah. that'd That'd be great. Uh, um, gosh, I, I don't know. I, um, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, you know, one of the things they ask me is, you know, you know, what, what, what do you in, enjoy doing? What's your hobbies or pastimes, things like that. And, you know, I kind of like a little bit of everything. I'm really intensely curious. Um, I, you know, I, I ski, I'll play, you know, tennis, I'll chase anything down. If you know, I'm a horrible tennis player, let's face <laughs> it. But if somebody said, Hey, let's just go to the court and smash the ball around for a little while. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, let's try just snowboarding or new things and new experiences and things. Um, and that's a good and a bad thing. Cause I feel like I don't really have like a thing, like I'm not a biker or a, or a runner or, um, you know, I'm kind of a little bit of a jack of all trades. Um, and, um, I guess that that's one thing is that I'm, I'm always really curious to try new yeah. things. I'm not afraid of stuff, jumping out of planes or scuba diving or going to weird countries where I don't speak the language. I, you know, um, in, in fact, I'm, I'm trying to plan a trip to, um, Southeast Asia for myself here coming up um, in later in the summer. Nice. And that's kind of the plan is to go somewhere to get lost somewhere. Hopefully not too lost where I can at least come home and still be a dad to my kids. <laughs> oh but, my God. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I, I you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, a bachelor anymore. I got to come home for my kids, yeah. but uh, you know, I sort of doing something stupid. I, I love new experiences and, you know, food. I had a, um, just uh, about a month ago, I went to a restaurant with a friend of mine and they had, um, vodka speaking of infusions they had vodka that had been infused with these giant water bugs now if you can imagine a cockroach that's about two and a half to three inches long 
and stuff them into a bottle of vodka. There's like four or five. I'll send you a picture. This Good is, it's, Lord. This is unreal. It sounds awful. I saw it on the menu and I said, I said, I saw it on the menu. I said, sure, I'll try one of those. <laughs> and just because, I mean, how bad is it going to be? You know, it's was it bad? Be, it's odd and it's strange. It was amazing. So I don't believe it. it smelled like jasmine. I swear, I swear to God, it smelled like jasmine flowers. And I asked the bartender who was sitting at the bar, I said, what else did you put in the vodka to make it smell like that? And he goes, nothing, dude. I mean, that's the way those bugs smell. I said, they smell like flowers? And he goes, yeah. And so it was this like jasmine flower scented vodka martini. Wow. um, You know, um, it's just kind of fun to try new things. Uh, You know, I'm not jaded. I'll do anything. I'll, you know, I'll go ice skating or roller skating or whatever it is. I had, I like to have fun doing no matter what, but I definitely like to try new things and I don't scare easily. So it opens up a lot of opportunities. Uh, uh, you know, oddly I'll jump out of an airplane, but the idea of bungee jumping kind of somehow seems, uh, a little strange. I mean, sure. I'll do it. Um, I don't, I I guess I kind of had that. I don't think it's, I think it's the head down plummeting towards the earth thing that freaks me out because right. i jumped out of a plane probably right. do that again <laughs> yeah. but i definitely don't okay. want a bungee jump so have you done both yeah. i have done neither yet oh, you should definitely jump out of a plane first then <laughs> yeah 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 i'm looking forward to that <laughs> uh, it's terrifying i am <laughs> terrifying <laughs> but yeah it's one of those things you gotta do it man you gotta do it yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go do it in like Southeast Asia. It's probably really beautiful. I did it. Oh, I, I did it outside it of be. Houston. You know how not pretty Houston is? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you just look at the earth. I've been to Houston a few times. It's not very pretty. I'm sure there's. <laughs> you see a bunch of uh, oil processing equipment. Right? And... I know. I mean, when you say, oh, yeah, I'm from Houston, no one says, oh, beautiful. They're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell people I'm originally from Arizona, they're like, oh, beautiful state. You don't get that. <laughs> Where you live, people say, oh, Seattle. Oh, beautiful. Love it. <laughs> yeah, don't if there's any uh, people listening in Houston right now. Uh, <laughs> they, they'll admit that it's true. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's it's a very very flat area. There's no mountains. Something's not beautiful without mountains. Well, there there is for sure. And uh, if you're from Houston and you end up at a trade show, I'll, I'll, first drinks on me. <laughs> right. Uh, make it to Seattle. If you make it to Seattle, I'll be your dedicated tour right? guide. Right. <laughs> yes. See, that's, that's that's so nice of you. So generous. You're in the hospitality business. People can tell. <laughs> So, uh, so okay, so before we sign off, I want to make sure that people know how to reach you, how to find your products. Um, definitely with, with your vodka coming out, that's awesome. That's going to really evolve yeah. quite a few Bloody Marys around the industry, I'm sure. Um, so how can people reach you? God, man, how, a million different ways. Okay. I mean, these days, right? I mean, between Instagram and Facebook and our website and everything else, uh, you know, LinkedIn. Uh, I think the best place to start is our website. It's Dimitris.com. But since people sometimes 
are not sure whether there's a D-E-M-I, whatever. We uh, have another website that's a little easier to spell, um, and it is thebestbloodymary.com. Oh, well, that, that's I think just it's easier smart of you. It's easy to remember. Yeah. 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 Right. I'll be sure to put the links. <laughs> so, and if you want to email me, uh, what's I'll that? I'll be sure to put the links too on your, uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So they know how, but what's your email? Yeah. Um, uh, just the letter D as in Dimitri, just D at the best bloody Mary.com. Perfect. Awesome. I'll put in your yeah. LinkedIn profile too and all that good stuff. And oh, let's, let's move some more bloody, right? Yeah, you bet. Well, thank you, Dimitri. I've had such a good time talking to you today. I'm so grateful for yeah. your friendship and your and your products Likewise. in my life. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Uh, parting shot, one over the bout um, I, that I didn't mention, just uh, getting a plug in. Um, we make one of only two certified organic margarita mixes being made today. Really? Um, yeah, we've cut way back on the sugar. It tastes like, of all things, it tastes like limes. Um, uh, not like a Jolly Rancher. Uh, the stuff's dynamite. Um, and you can also find that on our website. Uh, and again, it's 100% certified organic, um, really tasty stuff. We have a low-cal version as well. It's all natural with stevia instead of aspartame or any artificial sweeteners. Awesome. So we try to make sure everything we do is, you know, uh, you know, the best quality we can possibly do find and, and ingredients we can find so wonderful um that also makes it fun well so. thank you and i'll be sure to put all these links so. too so that anybody can find okay. it when they when they see the podcast cool. they can click and go right to your website your linkedin profile everything but thank you i'm yeah. really i'm really happy thank you about this. i'm really excited we got to chat and i got to learn more about you and congratulations on 30 years of being a very successful entrepreneur I'm super yeah, proud of Yeah, thanks, you thanks. As my friend. Yeah, thanks. And thank you all, <laughs> all right. for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream.